Amen. All right, if you guys would turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And we've been in this class a number of weeks now looking at evangelism, looking at a number of things. Last week we, we talked about evangelizing or, or sharing with people who are, who are caught up in a cult in their understanding. But I was drawn to this passage in, in a, a little bit different direction for this morning. As we think about our, our battle in the world with people who believe differently, who don't honor God's word, it's a, it's a spiritual battle and we need to remember that. We're, our enemy is not flesh and blood people. What does the Bible say our enemy is? Principalities, powers. Yeah. Rulers, authorities in the heavenly places, they're all under, under Satan. But that's our, our ultimate battle is against the, the one who, who is a liar from the beginning and a murderer from the beginning. Uh, the one that Jesus said comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Uh, but Jesus said, I have come that they may have what? Life and life more abundantly. So abundant life, eternal life is ultimately... What Jesus came for, but as we think about this, this battle of, of worldviews or battle of of different religions or different ways of thinking, Second Corinthians ten verses three and five. Someone got a good strong voice. Want to read that out for us? How about Michael? Why don't you read that for us? Though we live in the body, we do not wage war in an unspiritual way, since the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds who demolish arguments and every high-minded thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, taking every thought captive to obey Christ. All right, so just looking at this passage here, what are some some observations that we need to keep in mind when we're interacting with people of... Uh, of a different worldview or different persuasion. What are some things that you can see in this passage that are helpful for us to remember? Well, one of the things you said is our our fight isn't against them. Mm-hmm. It's against, you know, the evil powers mm-hmm. and that um, let's see, and so for weapons are let's see so, um, of course, bringing every thought captive mm-hmm. under Christ. Yeah. All the different um, things that they'll throw yeah. at us. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, the fact that it's put, that we destroy mm-hmm. the arguments that are against the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We take every thought captive in that because James says it all starts off with a thought, right? Mm-hmm. Sin comes, it starts off with our mind. Yeah. Our mind is a very powerful thing that needs to be tamed as well. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I, I like how verse 4 says, the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to demolish strongholds. So there's power in, in these weapons we have, but they're not the, the worldly weapons. They're not... Not the way the world wages war, and we're going to talk about that and maybe see some examples of that in this video here today. Um, 
But I think we need to remember the power comes ultimately in the gospel. So Paul says in Romans 1, in that world that was so backwards, that world that had been suppressing the truth and unrighteousness, says people actually believe the lie. They, they don't want to believe the truth, but they believe a lie, but they're, they're deceived. But there's power. There's power through the gospel, and there's power through God's word for, for actually destroying those, those strongholds. And in verse 5, arguments and opinions that are raised up against the knowledge of God. And, and ultimately what we want to do is take, take whatever thoughts that we have or that we hear and, and take them back to Christ. Is this obeying Christ? Is this obedient to Christ? And so as we were, uh, we've been looking at, you know, evangelism and God's word. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play some clips from uh, Ray Comfort, Living Waters. How many of you are familiar with his ministry? Okay. So he's, he shares uh, Way of the Master might be uh, what, what you're familiar with. Um, this morning, our, our message in the service is going to be on Psalm 139, which is that wonderful passage, fearfully, wonderfully made, knit together in our mother's womb. Uh, we're going to be praying for pregnancy counseling services in Placerville today. Um, Judy actually has a table. You may have already seen it <laughs> up on the lobby. Yeah, so wonderful Wonderful work that they're doing in our in our community, and so you can learn more about how you can support them. And they also need volunteers. It's a volunteer-run ministry, and so um, we'll hear more about that that later today. Pregnancy counseling services in Placerville. But we're going to be changing our name okay. because we're oh. now a medical clinic. Yeah. I forgot the name. Yeah. Do you have a website? We do, yes. Uh, all the information's up on the table. Okay, great. So it'll be flyer, flyers <laughs> oh, and information. All kinds of things. And if you don't know, they, they got an ultrasound machine, was it last, last year? July, we started doing ultrasound. So a year ago. Tell us a little bit about just how that's changed things. Well, we've prayed for 35 years to become a medical clinic. Claire Winger is um, a pediatric RN, and she saw the need when abortion was made. And we have moved from different places to different places. And we have an auspice over us, Heartbeat International, which is all over the world. And right now, when you say volunteer, we as advocates have always been volunteer. But we, our upper, you know, our umbrella said, you need right now to pay we have a office manager, we have a director, we have a overseeing doc, and two RNs, a manager. We need an RN, and we actually need a new director. She has been following through on this. But it, I have to say, I mean, I saw one of my own ultrasounds way back when. But the first ultrasound I was ever able to see, the little baby jumped in the room mm. at 11 weeks. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Anyways, we're, we're really excited, but we do need another RN. And we train, if everything's free, and then our RNs, I think, are paid just a stipend and our director, I think, is, but it's all free, not take anything government, because we don't want mm -hmm. them to come in and mandate yeah, what well, we well, have to do course. or not do. Right. And the uh, people who are not um, 
loving of life, I'll just put it that way, they, they say, well, you're forcing pregnancy. We come along, these girls, we take 45 minutes to an hour with these girls, where if they go into Planned Parenthood, okay, ultrasound, you're pregnant, let's do this, you did a good job, you're out of here. Or you made a good decision. And I can say that because I'm one of those people. Not in Planned Parenthood. But it's, yeah. It, and we get to give them Christ. We get to give them hope. We get to give them the truth. That's what is. I mean, yes, we're giving them needs. We, we, we teach them. At, some of these little gals have been living in their cars. They're throwaway children. And you children are beloved of your parents. These girls are foster children. They don't know how to parent. And, I mean, people say, oh, isn't that sad? No, we do what we can. We give them Christ, and then we're on our knees. And God has to do the rest. So, anyways, you can ask questions. Thank you. I don't want to take your time. So Absolutely. So what I wanted to do today is play, um, this is a segment of a longer presentation from Living Waters called Destroying Pro-Choice Pro Arguments and then Presenting the Gospel. And so this is just a, a segment of that, but I think that ties in with our passage, but also ties in with, you're going to see him share the gospel with some people who are very caught up in that worldview, but also seeking to unravel some of those arguments and lies that they believed. And so I think this will be helpful for us even as we think about interacting with others, so hopefully this will work. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of hope. Yeah. Alright, we'll just we'll just start it from here. It's got a heartbeat, it's alive now. But it's still not fully developed. It's not necessarily a person yet. It's not like a physical, you know, thing there yet. Do you know how they do abortions? Well, they actually go in and crush the head, and then the and the tube sucks it out, and then you sucks the arms and the legs out. You think that's okay? I think it's a person's choice whether they want to do that or not. Do you know if a man comes up to a woman and punches her in the stomach and the baby dies, he's charged for murder? Yeah. yeah, Maryland, along with 40 other states, have fetal homicide laws on the books. David Miller was found guilty of shooting and killing his pregnant girlfriend, as well as the pair's child she was carrying. That allows someone to be charged with murder, manslaughter, or feticide of a fetus in any development stage. The law excludes legal abortions. And what does that say to you? Mm. Doesn't it say an ambiguity in our law? That the law says it's a baby and then the law says you can kill the baby? When does it become not her body? I don't think it ever becomes not her body. It's hers. Like, she... Hmm. I'm not really sure how to put it. Yeah. It will always be a woman's body, even if there is a being inside of it. Human being? Yes. When does the baby become a baby in the womb? In the womb? I'm not sure. I'm not super familiar with the, like, gestation period of when, like, the baby is formed, my conscience tells me what I should do and what's right or wrong, uh, rather than a list that somebody else has kind of decided for me. So I said my conscience says pedophilia is okay. 
that's your conscience and it's also illegal, so... It was made legal, but do you still think it was wrong? This pushes for legality of pedophilia because they're saying these people are born like it, they can't help it, we need to be sympathetic and not punish them. Do you think that would be right? No, not at all. So you feel strongly about that? Yes. Yeah, that's how I feel about babies being killed in the womb. You know, I've got a picture in my pocket of a baby at, uh, at uh, nine weeks. Would you like to see it? Mm -hmm. Sure. That shows you the stages of gestation. I would never encourage anybody to have the abortion in the first place. But Well, that's nice of you to say that. I think we're making a little headway here. Are you familiar with the Nazi Germany? Yeah. You know what they did? Yeah. Think that was right? Well, no. Do you know how they justified it? They said these people aren't human, therefore we can kill them. That's exactly what we do to justify the taking of lives in the womb. We say, it's not a human, this is part of my body. And it's not a liver, it's not a kidney, it's not a lung. A liver and a kidney and a lung, they're vital organs that you can't really live without. You need them. But a baby's not a vital organ, it's a gift from God. <laughs> Any good reasons for a woman to have an abortion? Yeah, um, I believe there's a lot of circumstances where a woman should be able to get abortion. Um, for example, if she were to get raped, stuff like that, I believe you should have the right to get an abortion. Um, I believe if you were raped or if you if something had happened and you had, did not get consent and you are now pregnant with a, a child, that you would be reminded of every day of a negative subject that, that, that you shouldn't have it. Let's say a woman gets raped and she ends up pregnant, well, what would she do with the... You know, the baby, you know, she's not comfortable with what just happened and now she has a life inside of her from, you know, from what just happened to her. So is it okay to kill the child for the crime of the father? Yeah. Well, why not have the baby, it's her baby, and have it adopted? And so it has a loving home. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, I've thought about it, but like nine months? such a long time and... It's an inconvenience, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... So how would you kill the baby? What would be the best way to handle the killing of them? I mean, go into an abortion clinic. Um, just... How do they do it? Uh, I'm not exactly um, sure about that. Personally, if you were raped, I think you should be able to get rid of the baby. So when is it okay to kill a baby in the womb? I don't think it is. Couldn't you tell someone that? If someone's gonna kill their child, you should say, hey, that is wrong. Don't kill your child. If you saw a child in a car and the windows were up and the mother was going to leave it in the car to die on a hot day, what would you do? I'd be angry. I would break the car. <laughs> smash the windows, call the police. Feel that strongly about it? Yes. Because the life of the child is involved. Yes. Isn't that the same with abortion? What would you do? I'd bust the window. And smash the windows? Would you smash the windows and kill the child? No. Why not? Because that's her child. That's what you're saying to do with a child inside of a woman. The child's innocent, the father's guilty. And I'm trying to say, hey, this child's innocent. You never take the life of an innocent child. Can you see what I'm saying? I do, 100%. You should be desperate to save the life of that child, as you would be desperate to save the life of a child in a car. You'd say, oh, please, please don't do this. You wouldn't say, well, it's up to you. You might have difficult circumstances. You've got to be passionate if you care about that child. You know, we've made movies in the past where women have watched them and changed their minds have the babies and come to our ministry to show us the baby that's now alive because they changed their mind about abortion. It's just a matter of saying, I'll have this child, it's inconvenient, I'm going to get morning sickness, the labor pains are going to be bad, but I'll have it adopted because I don't want to kill my own offspring. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense, yes.
Now you mentioned something about conscience before. Do you think conscience is reliable? Yeah. I know a lot of women, they go through the abortion process and they still have it on their conscience and they're very scared about it, but... Why are they scared? Well, mostly because society makes them feel like they have this responsibility to take care of a kid. They kind of shame them for having this abortion. And Killing a child? Yeah, and it's... Shouldn't that be justified? They killed their own offspring? Do you believe in God's existence? Yeah, of course. What do you think he thinks of abortion, the killing of a child in the womb? I believe it's... I believe she thinks that it's the woman's choice. My dog's got pregnant, okay? It's got puppies inside her. I want to kill them because it's going to inconvenience me. You okay with that? Well, a lot of people drown their puppies once they're born, so... You okay with that? Yeah, it's fine. The drowning would be okay for the baby. That would be better than cutting it up, don't you think? It's different. You can't compare a human to an animal because an animal is an animal and a human is a human. What's the difference? What's the difference? That's that's kind of like a, I don't want to say retarded, but it's a kind of like a lame question to ask. We're in a college and probably 80% of the students here believe that man is an animal because he evolved. It wasn't created by God. They call him an animal. We have apes or primates as a common ancestor. Do you believe that? My beliefs are my beliefs and I'm not going to impose them on anyone. So. Okay, so do you believe in God's existence? Again, my beliefs are my beliefs, and I'm not going to impose them on anyone. Well, you won't be imposing them on me. I'd just like to know, do you believe in God's existence? Adriana, do you remember what the first of the Ten Commandments is? Ten Commandments of the Bible? No. It's, you shall have no other gods before me. In other words, don't make up a god that suits yourself, a god you feel comfortable with. I did it before I was a Christian. And at the moment, your image of God is okay with abortion, killing your own offspring. There's no greater evil than to kill your own children. And your conscience should kick in there and should be saying, boy, that's right, because the conscience is called the work of the law written on your heart. In other words, conscience is an independent judge on the courtroom of your mind. And when you do something wrong, like fornicate, blaspheme, lie, steal, or commit adultery, it should accuse you. And it should also accuse you when you murder someone or advocate the murder of children in the womb. But conscience isn't reliable, and I'll tell you why. You can dull it. It's like a smoke detector. You can take the batteries out because you don't like it alarming you. But it's to your own detriment. If you remove the batteries from a smoke detector, you're going to be in big trouble if a fire breaks out in your home. And if you dull your conscience and say it's okay to kill children in the womb, you're going to face God on the day of judgment, and he considers hate to be murder. If you hate your brother, you're murder. So how much more guilty are we if we advocate the murder of our own children? And basically, you're kind of preaching on deaf ears at the moment. You've got ears and they're listening. I can see it in your eyes. Your conscience is doing its duty, and for that I'm very thankful. Also, I am a woman who has had an abortion before, and it's not weighing on my conscience. Did you feel guilty when you killed your child? No, because I wasn't at that point in time where I could take care of it, and I knew I couldn't take care of it. Why didn't you have it adopted? Why didn't I have it adopted? Have you seen the adoption process? The yeah, yeah, there's thousands of couples waiting to adopt children in wonderful homes. How old would your child be now if you let it live? You could have it adopted out if you allowed it to live. What I'm trying to do is change your mind about future children that could be aborted because you don't vote pro-life. And I'm just saying, please think about what you do. Vote for a choice. Thank you for sharing your heart. I really appreciate it, and I hope you think about what we talked about. I really won't. Thank you, though. Like, if I were to get an abortion, I know it's selfish of me, and I'm, like, evil, but I could be judged however I want. I just, 
don't feel like I'd be ready. Like if it comes to me, you know, at the end of the day, it is a woman's choice because it's just not like, you know, giving, doing abortion to party, you know? It's doing it to prioritize my education and whatnot. So it's education's a good reason for killing the baby? Well, when you put it like that, no. So it's a baby in the womb, is that right? Yeah. Finish the sentence. It's okay to kill a baby in the womb when? When? That's a tricky question. It's kind of difficult. When? So after three weeks, one day, the heart begins to beat. Yeah. Is it a baby then? Yes. So finish this question for me, Olya. It's okay to kill a baby in the womb when? When? Wow, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, um, I would say, I would say, hmm. <coughs> so it's a baby in the womb? Yeah. Okay, finish the sentence for me, Brian. It's okay to kill a baby in the womb when? It's not really my decision. Yeah, I don't know how to answer that. You know what's happening? Your God-given conscience is saying to you it's wrong to kill a baby in the womb. And that's why you can't say it's okay. You know it's wrong. Your mother didn't abort you. You're, you're a separate human being from your mother's body. Even when you're in the womb, you're a living entity created by God in his image because written on your heart is the words you shall not kill and you know intuitively that it's wrong to kill a baby in the womb even though full society says that you know as a human being you shouldn't say that so conscience is very strong the word conscience actually means with knowledge con is with science is knowledge so God's given you knowledge of right and wrong you know it's wrong to lie and steal commit adultery blaspheme and it's wrong to murder it says things that we don't like. It says, hey, it's wrong to steal. If you're stealing and enjoying it, conscience says it's wrong to steal. It says it's wrong to lie. It also says it's wrong to kill a baby in the womb. And so that's why you can't say, yeah, it's right, because the conscience accuses you, and conscience is very strong. It drives people to drink and to suicide, and it's God-given. The heart begins to beat at three weeks, one day. Did you know that? No. It sucks its thumb at nine weeks. Oh. So have you changed your mind about abortion? Of course. <laughs> Are you going to vote pro-life? Yes. Yes. So you've changed your mind about abortion? Actually, you know what? Yeah. Have. So you're going to vote differently now? Yeah. I will. Are you beginning to change your mind about this issue of abortion? I mean, yes. I guess you can say yes because, you know, you had good reasons. So if I said to you, hey, I'm pregnant, I'm thinking of aborting this child, what would you say to me? I would tell you it's not a good idea, but... I mean, but still there. Come on, you've got to say, you've got to say, hey, lady, don't kill your child. This is wrong. You've got a conscience. You've got to face God on the day of judgment. You don't want that on your hands, the blood of your own child. Do you know of any animals that kill their own offspring? Um, I mean, mothers. No. What about humanity does? It shows our heart is wicked. It's evil. Now, do you think there's an afterlife? Uh, to be honest, I don't know, but... I could really care less right now. Ever think about it? No. 
Afraid of dying? No. Ever lost a loved one? Yes. Doesn't that make you think? No. Do you know what a paradigm shift is? No. Let me give you one, okay? A man who was blind got onto a bus, and a man on the bus gave him his seat. Was that a good thing to do? Yeah, it was an ethical thing. It was actually a very bad thing to do. The man lost his job because he did it. You know why? Why? He was the bus driver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what's known as a paradigm shift. You believe something, for sure, it was a good thing, and then suddenly you believe something else. It was because they gave you knowledge. So I want to give you knowledge that's going to change your mind about everything you believe. You just have to be patient with me and have a humble, teachable attitude. Can you do that? Yeah. Now, do you believe in God's existence? Does that shape your morals? Um, yes, it does, but... I mean, I've never read that abortion is a sin. It's the sixth commandment. You shall not kill. That means you shall not murder. Well, you're right. The Bible says if you hate someone, you're a murderer. Did you know that? That's how high God's standards are. So, do you think you're a good person? Uh, I would think so, yes. Do you believe in God's existence? Yes, I do. What does he think of abortion? Um, I know in the Bible people argue that that Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not, you know, all, all of the things. <laughs> in the book of Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That's what God said to Jeremiah. It's a person, it's a life. And who are we to say, oh, it's not a life. That's what the Nazis did with the Jews. They said they're not human. That's why we can kill them. They killed six million Jews because they said they're not human. And that's exactly what we do to justify abortion in this nation. We're living in days of a Holocaust. There's a big sigh. Why did you sigh? I'm pleading for the life of human beings. Boring me. <laughs> you. Uh... Let me ask you another question. I'll change the subject because it's uncomfortable for you. Maddie, do you think you're a good person? I do. I, I try. How many lies do you think you've told in your life? Several. Could have stolen something? Yes. Have you ever used God's name in vain? <laughs> yes, even today. Oh. <laughs> I got my lunchbox stolen, so I, yeah, I was pretty mad. <laughs> Well, when you want to use a filth word to express disgust, um, God's name is used, and it's called blasphemy. It's very serious. I've heard you do it twice since I met you. Really? It's very serious to use God's name as a cuss word, because he gave you life. He gave you the blood in your veins, the bones that hold everything together, the skin that holds it in, the eyes, the ears, the taste buds that enjoy good food. He gave you this free country, he gave you a family, and love and laughter, and all these things. And he used his name as a cuss word. It's very bad. Jesus said, if you as much as look with lust, you commit adultery in your heart. Ever looked at a guy with sexual desire? Yeah. Cherry, I'm not judging you, but you've just told me you're a lying thief, a blasphemer, and an adulterer at heart. And you have to face God on judgment day. If he judges you by the Ten Commandments, we've looked at four of them, you've got to be innocent or guilty. Well, I mean, if you call me all that, then I guess I, I'm not going to say no, because I did steal food so I can feed myself and feed my my uh, mother and my brothers so you know if you're lacking food at any church they'll feed you the government even provides organizations food you don't have to steal you don't have to steal or just go to your local church and say my family needs food they'll give food most churches have food banks so don't be a thief for the sake of your family so here's the big question if god judges you by the ten commandments on judgment day you're going to be innocent or guilty totally guilty heaven or hell hell do you know what death is? Death? No. It's actually wages. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. In the same way, 
If a man commits murder, the judge will give him what he earned, the death sentence. That's his wages. That's what he deserves. And God has given us the wages of death because of our sins. Because lying and stealing and blasphemy and adultery and all those things and the killing of babies in the womb deserve the death sentence, capital punishment. So you're in big trouble. Can you see that? I guess. Now tell me, what did God do for guilty sinners so we wouldn't have to go to hell? Any idea? No. I don't want to assume the answer. I feel like I'll find out once I die. Well, then it'll be too late because you're dying in your sins. And the Bible says you'll be damned because God is perfect and holy and just. It's by no means clear the guilty. Are you afraid of dying? I'm afraid of the pain, but I'm not afraid of dying. Well, after death comes judgment. God's going to have his day of justice when he punishes rapists and murderers. But he's so good and so thorough, he's going to punish thieves and liars and blasphemers and fornicators and adulterers. And that pulls all of us in big trouble. And so I, I, it, you may not be concerned that you're heading for hell, but it breaks my heart. I'm, I've got tears in my heart because of that, because you're a human being. You're not a beast or an animal. You've got worth. You're created in God's image. Well, Jesus died on the cross to take the punishment for the sin of the world. You probably heard that, but you may not have heard this, Brian. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. We broke God's law, and Jesus paid the fine. That's what happened on the cross. That's why he cried out just before he died, it is finished. In other words, the debt has been paid. If you're in court and someone pays you fine, even though you're guilty, the judge can let you go. He can say, look, Jessica's guilty. If someone's paid a fine, she's out of here. And he can do that, which is legal and right. And God can forgive all those secret sins in an instant and grant you everlasting life as a free gift, legally, because of what Jesus did on the cross through his death and resurrection, just as a judge can let a criminal go, even though he's guilty, legally, because someone paid the fine. Well, God can let you live forever, commute your death sentence because of the death and resurrection of the Savior. What you have to do is repent and trust in Jesus. It's the trusting in Christ that saves you. It's like, if you're going to jump out of a plane, it's the trusting in the parachute that will save you. You put it on, trust in it, it's going to save you from the consequences of gravity or violating gravity. And the moment you trust in Jesus, God will remit your sins, grant you everlasting life, clothe you in righteousness. So on Judgment Day, you're free from the demands of justice. If you didn't believe in gravity and you are going to jump without a parachute, I'd plead with you and say, please put the parachute on. And that's what I'm doing today. I'm saying, Cherry, God's provided a Savior so you can be saved from death and hell. All you have to do is let go of your sins, which you love. We all love our sins. We love the darkness. We hate the light. And proof of what's happening to you is the fact that you've been trying to justify the killing of children, even though, even though you know it's wrong. Your, your natural instinct is to love children. If you got pregnant and gave birth, you would love that child with all your heart. You'd give your life for it. You'd sacrifice willingly because God's given you an instinct to love your offspring. And to want to kill it for selfish reasons is the epitome of evil, as you said earlier on. And God can change that. He can forgive those sins and grant you everlasting life as a free gift. If you'll give up the battle, repent and trust in Christ. Cherry, I so appreciate your patience with me and for staying with me and listening to what I had to say. And I, I, I respect that and I honor you for it. At the moment, you're trusting in your goodness to save you. You're like a man on a plane. He's going to jump and this is his plan. He's going to flap his arms. He's going to try and save himself. I said, well, don't do that. Trust the parachute. And what you've got to do is transfer your trust from yourself to the Savior. It's a life and death issue. The moment you do that, you're not standing in your own righteousness. You're standing in the righteousness of Christ. Your sins are forgiven. You're washed. You're cleansed. You're granted God's gift of everlasting life. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So if I were you, I'd, in the quietness of my heart, I'd just go somewhere and 
Say, God, I didn't realize sin was so serious in your eyes. It demands the death sentence, and I'd be damned if you judge me by my thought life. From the point of view of holiness, please forgive my sins, and I trust Jesus as my Savior this day. Create in me a clean heart, and he will transfer you out of the darkness into light, and you'll make a stand for righteousness. You would say to people, please don't kill your kid, because you've got a reason to now. You know, because you've got, you've got a love for the God who loves righteousness, and you want to stand for that which is right. And so uh, next time you vote, you're going to vote pro-life? Yes. What you have to do is repent and trust in him. And so the minute you do that, God will forgive every sin you've ever committed and grant you the gift of everlasting life. Well, I really appreciate you listening to me, and I know you're in a hurry, and yet you stayed out of courtesy and listened, and I, I hope you'll think about this, because this is so important. You don't know when you're going to die. And the fruit of being a Christian is that you will love life and you'll protect the innocence of a child in the womb, every ounce of energy of God. As though you're living in Nazi Germany and you could save Jews, you would run around doing what you could to save these people. And that's what we do. We're not infringing on other people's rights, not wanting to tell you what to do. We're just trying to save the lives of innocent babies in the womb. So would you please think about what we talked about today? I promise you I will think about it, yeah, later. Well, thank you very much and you can keep that little booklet. Can you hear what I'm saying? A little bit. A little bit? Yeah. You know, as fruit of that, you know what'll happen? You'll say it's wrong to lie and steal and commit adultery. God will give you a new heart that loves righteousness. You'll say it's wrong to kill a baby in the womb. And that's what happens when you become a Christian. God takes that sinful, selfish, evil heart of ours and transforms us so we love righteousness and love God. Brian, uh, uh, does it make sense what I'm saying? A little bit. Just a little bit. Well, I hope you'll think about it. Will you think about it? A little bit? Yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks for telling me, Brian. I really appreciate it. What you have to do, according to the Scriptures, is repent of all sin and trust in Him like you trust a parachute. And as evidence that you have done that is you'll have love in your heart, goodness, kindness, and you would never, ever advocate the murder of a child in a womb if you love God. You'd stand for righteousness and say, oh, it's so wrong for a woman to kill a child. Maddie, thanks for your patience with me. I really, really appreciate it. It's been very uncomfortable for you, but I just hope you'll think about what we talked about today. Will you do that? Sure. You mean that? Yes, I do. Trust me, I'll be talking about it all night. Uh, well, I just want to say thank you for opening my eyes on the, the part where you told me how my mother didn't abort me. That's very touching. And so it, it did change my perspective on abortion. I just need to find, like, you know, I want to research myself more ethical laws and unethical that's very nice of you to say that. Thank you very much. Let me give you something to, to check out in a minute. It's a little booklet on the subject of pro-life. Thanks for talking to me. Appreciate it, Jerry. Thank you. Did you know the heart starts beating at three weeks one day? Oh, no, I did not know that. You think it's okay for an abortion when the heart begins to beat? Mm, no. That's a nine-week-old baby. If you had to kill that child, how do you think you'd do it? How would I do it? Yeah, if it was your job to kill it, how would you do it? Mm. I don't know. I want to see how to kill it. Do you know how they kill it? Well, for me, honestly, I would never abort, even if I was pregnant right now. Do you know how they kill it? Kind of. That they, like, break the arms and legs first, or the head. And... Oh, they crush the head. Look at that little picture again. They crush that head and then they rip the arms and legs off. And then they put it on a table to make sure they got all the bits. 
Pretty horrible, isn't it? Yes. You still think it's a woman's right to choose? Open it up and it's got a picture of a nine-week-old baby. That's crazy. Would you take the life of that baby? I can never. At nine weeks, it sucks its thumb. It's got feet and toes and fingers and eyes that are developing. Did you know that? I didn't. I did not actually. No. Well, let me ask you one question I think before you answer. It's okay to kill a baby in the womb when? It's not. Yeah, it's really not. It's not. That's a nine week old baby. Yep. Do so you think it's okay to kill that baby? Like I said, if the circumstances call for it. There are thousands of couples waiting to adopt children and bring them up in a, a loving home. Isn't that a viable option rather than killing the child? Oh yeah, most definitely, but it's also, it's still putting the mother through that nine months of pregnancy and it's extremely excruciating on the body to go through a pregnancy and through a birth. Now, your mother did that for you. It's called sacrifice. Yeah, but I didn't ask her to. Yeah, but she didn't abort you and you've got life and it's precious to you. Would you sell one of your eyes for a million dollars? Probably not. Would you sell both for a hundred million? Probably not. Your eyes are just the windows you look through. Think how much you value life. I'm suicidal on a regular basis. I have my psychiatric medicines with me too. I wish my mom would have aborted me. But my Uber's here, so I gotta take off. Okay, nice to talk to you. Bye-bye. That's a nine-week-old baby. That's what they dismember. They crush the head and rip the arms and legs off. And that's a modern-day abortion. Did you know that? No, I did not. So they crush the baby, rip the arms and legs off? Well, it's a living person. Well, that's a nine-week-old baby. Wow, this is... Wow. So have you changed your mind about abortion today? I mean, yes, I did. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I do understand. It is wrong, and it should be stopped. You're going to vote differently? Yes. You're going to vote pro-life? Yes. You've changed your mind? Yes. That's a nine-week baby. No way. I've actually seen it physically in this picture. kind of like put me to think, like, you know. Two things you must do to be saved. You must repent and trust alone in Jesus. When are you going to do that? Today. You serious? I'm serious. But I'm... Pro-choice, most definitely, most certainly pro-choice. What's a good reason for killing that baby? Well, I guess let's begin with what defined baby. I mean, this, I mean, this is just an organ. It's not a living thing, you know. I mean, well, I heard you three times since you started talking about the issue of calling it a child. Do you believe it's a baby in the womb? Not yet. It's still an organ. When does it become a baby? When it's already fully functional that has a brain. Yeah, that happens in, in the early stages. It gets fingers and eyes and a mouth and it's fully formed in the womb. Do, are we defining just a heart? I mean... Would you like to see a picture of a baby? I'll show you one at about nine weeks. Hang on a second. So it's okay to kill that baby when? Um, it's never okay. I mean... Have you just changed your mind about I abortion? I changed my mind. So you're going to vote differently when it comes to abortion? Yes. Yes, after, I mean, you, you, you put this in front of me, 
And it's really, it, it's easy for me to say, well, it's just a fetus with arms and legs, but you put this in front of me? And I can tell you that's a child. I don't think it's, I don't think it's okay to kill a baby. out to you guys or anything that you thought was helpful or questions yeah Becky. I think the opposing side tries to keep them ignorant they don't understand mm -hmm. I really do they keep them ignorant and by keeping them ignorant I mean see how they respond and when they see the truth mm -hmm. oh my goodness they take it <coughs> a whole different look at it thoughts, questions, or just a particular part that struck you? One girl just walked away and says, I, I, I've had one and I've never regretted it. Mm -hmm. The day after it worked, I was like, she's going to regret it. I've had one too. Mm -hmm. nope. She's going to regret it whether it takes 10 or 15 years. Yeah. It's going to hit her yeah. like a freight train. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like she was saying originally, Planned Parenthood does not give you any information like that. They're ready to do an abortion. They give you 15 minutes in a room with other people that are waiting for an abortion. Yep. <coughs> they give it, do it, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. Huh. yeah. Sorry. No, it's, it's, praise the Lord for his grace and his mercy. Uh, there's a lot of, um, like, you, you can even see that. There's a lot of people believing things that aren't true from what they've been told. And, right. Uh, once, once we do have more of that truth, that changes everything. But uh, praise the Lord, He's gracious. Amen. Amen. And I think that abortion purposely does it because they know if they gave them the facts, they yeah. would all walk out of they that. They would change. Absolutely. That's They're what they do. But you see the ultrasound. Yeah. Exactly. Oh no, you can't. They have. Yeah. They keep them ignorant on purpose. Do you know, Judy, the statistics of those who see an ultrasound when they're making a choice, what the numbers are after they've seen? I always thought it was 80%, but I just heard it was 96% women. If they, see, yeah, if they see the ultrasound, they, At they five choose to weeks, keep it. Wow. That is when a woman finds out she's pregnant. That's she's right. missed her cycle. The baby feels I think that just illustrates, like, you know, arguments can be helpful, but if they can actually see, and we saw that yes. in the video, see the pictures or see especially their own uh, life, that's, there's nothing more powerful than, than that, to see what God sees. Unplanned. We've, we've got the movie. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. yeah. We showed that to our older, to grandkids. Boy, that really hit them. I think Josh Gruber is the one who has all the big pictures that they bring to the college campuses of aborted. And a lot of people are very upset, even Christians, even pro-life, but it's the truth. Do we watch movies about the Holocaust? Right. It's 
all gooey, but it's the truth. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. No one, no one complains. You know, when you when when you show, say, there are ugly pictures of the effects of the Holocaust. When, yeah. You know, when the when the anti-war movement in, during Vietnam used images of you know the captured by Jews right. in the Vietnam War of, of yeah. you know, uh, uh, you, know um, you know ugly scenes to be in favor of of you know attempting to. You know, to, to end the, that war, um, you know, it, it's the everyone recognizes the power of using images, and and for the most part, most people don't say, hey, you shouldn't show that. You can't, you know, it's the, yeah. it's inappropriate to show show that image, even though you know, I mean, it, it's because images are, are powerful. And the other thing I noticed about what, what Ray did um, in in that video is something I've experienced a little bit. I've done, um, I've talked to a lot of people. Abortion. What I find um, is generally that most people don't want to engage with actual with the actual issue. Most people sit here and say, "Well, I that's it's it's a personal decision. I don't want to I don't want to think about it." Yeah. And, and when I say, "Well, let's," that may be, but it's a moral issue. We have an obligation to think about it, to you know moral issues and something right or wrong is wrong. Then then I have, we have a right to, to talk about it and to think about it. And, when you start pressing the issue like that, you know, I, I found that, that, that most people don't have a, a, a thought through position yeah, on the issue at all. Mm -hmm. And and they, they've just used the fact, they basically intentionally shut themselves off from it. Right. So they don't have any, you know, so that they don't have to engage because it's easier yeah. that way. It is. It's easier that way. And, and if you, <clears throat> once you start saying, well, let's actually think about what's going on here. Ray does that really well. Mm -hmm. um, people begin to <laughs> trip over themselves and realize they don't have a good reason for the things that they think. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when you say that, Nathan, in most everything, people don't see that. They don't want to see. Well, yeah. if I make this choice, this is the consequence. Every single choice we make has a consequence. Mm -hmm. I remember telling my children, you can do this with a glad heart, or you can do it kicking your heels. There's going to be a consequence, yeah. and that conscience that God has given us. <laughs> but you're so right in many avenues, whether it's planning a free freeway, whether it's planning a family. Let's downline. Not that we can predict the future, but there's always a consequence, George Williams. And it I thought my choice was going to end one day. Till I go home to be with Jesus. Yeah. I think about um, the focus so much goes to the issues of sin, abortion, uh, murder, and all. And yet, Ray said at one point, he says, I have tears in my heart. And I don't think that Jesus came so much to condemn us for our sins, to seek us and save us. And somehow, in all of the, the sin that those people committed, that we've committed, those really aren't the heart issue on the personal level between us and God. It's that we would be saved. And he doesn't go through all of that effort to stop abortion. He goes through that effort to try and love and save the people. 
people. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you know, the result is, yeah, you're going to stop abortion. But the things of this world, even abortion and passing, they, they don't go into eternity. And uh, I, I'm a more pragmatic person. The hardest thing for me to uh, grasp and capture is the tender, compassionate love of Christ. Mm -hmm. How to keep that the focus when I share the gospel, when I share this issue that is so just brutally important. And to see people and to love them. And to distinguish also, I think, from the individuals caught up in that, like Jesus having moved with compassion on these widows who were being taken advantage of by this corrupt system and these his rulers and his his heart is moved as he sees these people oppressed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd which is a lot of what we're talking about here and his heart was moved and it was a, a different towards the, those who were you know perpetrating that evil but he has there's there's grace for for all aspects of this and so we we can be thankful for that but, but prayerful uh and uh, I, I think they're just powerful, just like you said, to, to make sure we're bringing it back to the gospel because that's where the hope is in, in Christ, is hope and healing. And, and um, any final comments just as we wrap up our time here? I just think it's deeper. It's, it's uh, just based on my own experience, it's like a deeper, I grew up with two sisters, mm -hmm. and they were both older than me, and they both got pregnant before marriage. And all I heard in my head mm -hmm. from my dad over those years mm -hmm. growing up was, first of all, my sister Marie, he forced to have an abortion at 15. Mm -hmm. And then she got pregnant again at 16, and she kept that one. Mm -hmm. And then her daughter, that daughter, has had five abortions, mm -hmm. you know? And then my sister June mm -hmm. had five children. She refused to have an abortion. Mm -hmm. That my dad tried to force to have an abortion. Mm -hmm. And then I've heard all that, though. And I was like, okay, so when I was 17, when I got pregnant, I didn't even tell. I just went down to abortion. That's the thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. And I know, so that's how I felt at the time. Mm -hmm. Then I went to the military at 18. Served in the military and war and all that. But anyways, I, I've had four miscarriages. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't have my own children. Mm -hmm. 30 years old, cervical cancer. Mm -hmm. Then I had breast cancer eight years ago. But I raised four of my sister's children out of the five that she had. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm like? That? God wanted me to have children, mm -hmm. you know? So the abortion, I can't live with. I still haven't forgiven myself. Mm -hmm. No, I know he has. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I did, you know? But uh, I think what I'm trying to say is, mm -hmm. it's just a bigger issue than people realize. You know, people are like, well, it's my business, you know, it's my choice, it's my body. Well, yeah, it was my body, you know? But I didn't realize at the time that the body inside of me was actually a body because they didn't tell me, I was in the 80s, you know? Mm -hmm. But now you guys have that information, mm -hmm. right. you know? And if you don't share that, we become a part of that. That's how I feel, you know? And it's like, I just get so frustrated. You know, I'm not angry. I watch the yeah. all the time, by the way. And I share those all the time, right? Yeah. It's easier to talk on Facebook about yeah. how you feel. Yeah. I'm pretty aggressive on Facebook about it, but uh, not as emotional, I guess. Until someone says, well, you know, everybody has these. Some of my military brothers, couple weeks ago, I shared almost that same video. And he's like, well, you know, women should have a right to choose. I believe in a right to choose. I said, I don't care what you believe. I really don't. And this, you know, this is my experience. So I sent him a private message. And I told him everything I just told you guys, you know, and I said, so I have a right to speak. 
Okay, not just because I served my country and fought for those rights, but because I've lived it mm -hmm. in many aspects of that, you know? So it's like, I don't know where I'm going with this. But, no, that's good. Thank uh, you. You know, so when I walked in here, because this is my Bible or Sunday school class, <laughs> and I haven't been here in like two months because of my health issue. Mm. And I'm like, saw your thing, and I'm like, oh crap. Keeper? Yeah. Yes, yeah. you are. Yeah. We all are. Yeah. yeah. Our offspring, our our <coughs> spouse. We yeah. are. We're account. We Jesus did walk on earth when he was here by himself. Okay. <laughs> he got disciples and he taught them how to be brothers, how to be sisters, how to be family. You know, just like that's why I, I love my experience in the military, regardless of what I went through, because of that. That's what you get. And I'm. Just, we all even. I have agnostic military brothers and sisters and sure. atheists that believe this too. And I'm like, okay, well, and then I share it. Jesus did not come on this earth and walk by himself, you know. We have to be strong. And, and <laughs> you do. Thank you for sharing that. I think, I think we need to understand how amazingly miraculous development is of a baby. Mm -hmm. It starts at as one cell. Yes. And by the time it's done and born, it's a hundred trillion cells. Mm -hmm all differentiated to do the specific thing in the body to make it work perfectly. And it's God's plan. It's not an accident. A baby is God's plan to cure, to cure cancer, to be the president, to do, it's God's plan. Our babies and families. It's a special person, it's good. Time to come to Christ, Amen. to spread his word. Let the children come. Yeah. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Well, uh, Ron, would you be willing to close us in prayer, brother? Yeah. Father, thank you so much that you are the giver of life and the, the lover of life. And it's precious to you and it should be precious to us. May we, as formed in your image, um, be witnesses to those around us who are willing to sacrifice the life created in your image and to go away with it. And we, we just trust that. Uh, Holy Spirit would encourage us to undergo conversations, to love the people without a critical spirit, and, and let them lead themselves to the idea that, that life is, is worth saving and that abortion is wrong. Let's pray for it. Pregnancy Center here, that you will bless it, that you will um, multiply blessings in the community. We thank you for the workers there. Um, keep them safe, and I just pray that uh, as uh, the work goes forward, many lives will be saved because of your witness in this community. Thank you in Christ's name for what you're doing. Amen. Amen.